Ranking Sunbelt East coaches, it's Locked On Sunbelt. You are Locked On Sunbelt, your daily podcast on the Sunbelt Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Dave Schultz, Locked On Sunbelt, your team every day. Today's episode brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. All right, we did the uh, Sunbelt West yesterday. I thought that'd be a little bit more controversial. We do have two... Uh, new coaches uh, over there that are more incomplete than anything else because they don't have any head coaching background compared to Bob Chesney uh, and uh, with, with JMU. So we may have a little bit different one. I thought these were a little closer based on their results. And so I think there's a bigger separation between Ken Womack and Will Hall between one and five than I do between maybe one and seven in the Sunbelt East. All right, so let's do that. We'll also preview uh, Sunbelt Hoops coming up tomorrow. And in tomorrow's episode, we can recap what happens tonight, right? Uh, Troy hosting Georgia Southern and uh, the Cajuns off Detroit. So we'll have that for tomorrow's show. All right, so let's do the Sunbelt East coaches. And also impressed with myself that off the top of my head, I didn't need any help. Uh, uh, So we're going to go number seven, Sean uh, Elliott. This season, uh, had, I mean, started out, they started out six and one, right? They had that big win over the Cajuns. Gavin Pringle, a huge interception over Zeon Chris. And then they didn't win again until the bowl game. Uh, they went into the tank, right? They had a big loss to Georgia Southern, and maybe that was on a short week. And they just never really uh, recovered from that and, and took some big losses. I will give Sean, I will give Sean Elliott some credit. Uh, based on uh, the bowl game, all right? They they went out west. You know, we we got the Darren Granger of the Darren Granger that we know and love, right? He played well, and we heard throughout that ball game, if you were paying attention, because they said it incessantly, that, you know, Sean Elliott, you know, challenged Darren Granger to play better, and then he did. Didn't he have, like, five touchdowns? It was, like, three on the ground and two, or three in the air and two on the ground, something like that. He had a big ball game. But Sean Elliott just has not... And it's not the easiest program to do, right? You are in a pro town. Uh, you're dealing with, you know, Georgia Tech in town. You know, Georgia dominates, you know, football in Georgia. So it, it is not easy uh, trying to build something there, admittedly. Uh, maybe they can get the, maybe they can use the, you know, bowl win to, to move forward. They had a change it, and he made a big deal about this of strength and conditioning and changing the culture. And it seemed to work, right? I mean, they did get off to a six and one start. Like they're contending for the Sun Valley's championship. And then they went into the tank and I'm not sure why, if we're going to give credit to, to coaches who do a good job coaching in season, like we did Butch Jones, you got to have to take away the credit for doing guys who, who didn't do quite as well. So Sean Elliott is uh, number seven. Georgia Southern's Clay Helton is number six. Again, another team that seemed to go into the tank. And, well, in this case, we know why. Interceptions. 
I, I don't know if that's the Clay Helton offense. He had it, the issues with Kyle Van Treese last year. Uh, he had issues with Davis Britton this season. Uh, he won't make changes. He's a little bit stubborn when it comes to that. So there's an issue there uh, as well. I think Clay Helton is a pretty good football coach. Need to figure out on how to not be throwing interceptions every ball, right? And I know we gave Davis Brin a pass for the Wisconsin ball game. Kind of tough to give somebody a pass with five interceptions and one fumble, six turnovers in one ball game in a game that they could have won. But somewhere along the way, you know, you got to put the premium on not turning the ball over. All right. And somewhere along the way, I'm almost sure every other coach would have changed it, right? Somewhere along the way, you got to make the change to the next guy, at least for a couple of possessions, at least for a half, at least for a game, just to see what you got. Now he knows what they got in practice, but somewhere along the way, you got you to gotta make the change and we'll see what happens with Georgia Southern uh, going forward. So Georgia State, Sean Elliott, seven. Georgia Southern's Clay Helton, six. All right. Now we go to ODU, Ricky Ronnie. He had to make a change. They were bad a couple of years ago. Uh, they went to go get the uh, quarterback, if you will, and the offensive coordinator from Fordham, right? It was between Fordham and Incarnate Word, who had the best offenses, and I never get this right. I think Incarnate Word led the nation in scoring and Fordham led the nation in yardage, or it was reversed. And so uh, they went to go get the backup quarterback from Fordham, it should be mentioned. And, you know, Wilson had a good season capping it off with a, uh, you know, uh, you know, a fourth and three QB draw. Alabama, and, you know, getting them into a bowl game. And again, pure, unadulterated joy. Uh, Coach Ronnie's wife leaping into his arms to get to a bowl game, you know, on the last play of the game. They had an up-and-down season, right? Had a big win against the Cajuns early on. Probably should have beaten Wake early on. Um, I think they beat App at home. That's a nice win. And then they had the meltdown with the bowl game. So as much as Georgia State and Sean Elliott can – look to the future and say, we're, we're going into the season, into next season, the off season with some momentum. I mean, Ricky Ronnie's got to be looking at that bowl game. What the heck happened? I know some bad calls didn't go their way. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, that doesn't change what the offense did. Once they, once the things started going poorly against the defense, it doesn't change what the offense did. So um, they had a really good season. I think he did a great job in season. And then, I mean, was ready to celebrate a big bowl victory, and then they had a meltdown. It's one thing losing a bowl, I think. I think there's a difference between the way the Cajuns lost, right, in a game that was back and forth, and a meltdown. In fact, I think we had that episode, which way would you want to lose, right? Like, Georgia Southern was a no-show. Georgia Southern just didn't show up against Ohio, right? They just, they're getting blown out from the get-go, right? So we didn't want that. Um, I'm not sure you would want to melt down the way you you lose. And the Cajuns went back and forth. I thought out of those three teams, I thought the Cajuns played the best uh, as all the teams came up short. So I got uh, Ricky Ronnie as the number fifth coach in the Sun Belt East. All right. And this is where I'm going to go. Kind of know what we have with Ronnie Helton and Elliott. I'm going to go Bob Chesney as the number four coach in the Sun Belt East. JMU's Bob Chesney. All right. I believe he was in the mix for Syracuse. So he was getting some power five love. And I think JMU went with a good choice. This is going to be different than what we have out in the West, right? With Jared Parker, with Bryant Vincent, and 
again, the guy who got the Syracuse job, Fran Brown, uh, those guys have never been head coaches. should be noted. Fran Brown's not even been a coordinator. Uh, nonetheless, Bob Chesney, as we mentioned when he got hired, 13 years of head coaching experience. He is 111 and 46. That's winning at a 71% clip. Well, he's never taken programs over that needed, you know, revamping. Yeah, he has. He's turned them around and fast. That may prove to be more difficult in uh, the Sun Belt. But, you know, you, you think he got his quarterback transferred in. Um, I think he's going to be okay. They may not be where they were the last couple of years as division champs, but I also don't think that JMU is going to drop to the bottom because they hired an FCS coach. I think Bob Chesney is going to have that operation heading in the right direction, continuing to head in the right direction. I mean, you're going to take a step back when you lose a bunch of coaches, you lose a bunch of players. That's inevitable. But I don't think they're going to fall flat on their face because they got an FCS coach. So I got Bob Chesney number four. All right, let's take a timeout. We'll do the top three uh, in the Sunbelt East coaches. Uh, we will do that right after this when I tell you about LinkedIn. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and may not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Dave Schultz, Locked On Sunbelt, your team every day. We're ranking the Sunbelt East coaches. We started with Georgia State, Sean Elliott, number seven. May have the team going in the right direction with a nice win. We'll see who their quarterback is going to be. Uh, you got Georgia Southern's Clay Helton. Again, two guys, two teams that were really off to good starts and both kind of fell flat at the end. Although, again, as we mentioned, Georgia State got the uh, nice bowl win. Uh, Ricky Ronnie from ODU went to a bowl game uh, and had a really exciting finish at the end outside of, you know, and then kind of fell flat in the bowl game at the end. And Bob Chesney, new head coach at JMU. Again, it's a very different, I don't know if you see this very often. You know, these guys, I think even the North Dakota State coach, didn't he go to USC to be like the defensive coordinator or something like that? So you just don't see very often FCS head coaches with all kinds of experience at this case. Just, you rarely see it. Usually they, you go the Jared Parker way or the Bryant Vincent way. Um, also, although Jared Parker's taken over a good program, Bryant Vincent's is stepping into a hard, hard job. Bob Chesney is stepping into a two-time defending division champion. All right. Uh, all right. So number three, ranking our Sunbelt East coaches, we're going with Tim Beck, Coastal Carolina. 
Whereas Sean Elliott would not make the adjustments, Tim Beck did. All right, Tim Beck played three or four different quarterbacks this year. He had Grayson McCall. Um, he had Grayson McCall hurt. He went to, you know, three quarterbacks. The fourth one even played. Uh, he did a good job. The uh, offense that Tim Beck installed was not working. He went back to the Jamie Chadwell, you know, whatever you want to call it, RPO triple option deal. And that worked. They got a big win over App State. And it felt like Grayson McCall was more comfortable until he got, you know, think he got knocked out of the Arkansas State game and never came back. Then you go into Jared Guest and Ethan Basco. And they're winning bowl games. They're taking controversial pictures, if you want to call that controversial, with the dance team, you know, on the beach in Hawaii. There are worse places to go to bowl games than Hawaii. So that's a nice thing to do, especially when you get to go out there for a week. All right. I would presume the focus on the football game is tough, but they came away with a nice win. And it, it does feel like they have their quarterback, right? We're going with Ethan Guest. Or, uh, Ethan Vasco. I combined the two quarterbacks. Ethan Vasco, right? So Grayson McCall uh, has transferred. I think he, didn't he end up at uh, NC State? And then uh, Jared Guest went into the portal, and we're going with Ethan Vasco. All right? And I just think that Tim Beck, again, an older guy, has been a coordinator for a long time, finally gets his chance. What's going on to do things his way? The biggest recruit he got last year was Grayson McCall coming back. And then I'm not sure he's playing Grace McCall to his full ability because he was putting his offense in. All right. I, I would have, let's stick with the offense that we got. All right. And then we'll, you know, transition to the offense that I want once we get our guys in two or three years in. But Tim Beck said, you know what? We're going with my offense. That didn't work. We're going to go back to your offense because that seems to work better. And I think Tim Beck did a heck of a job. I think Tim Beck did a heck of a job in. Uh, game coaching, uh, season coaching. All right. He is number three. All right. This may be a little bit controversial. I got Charles Huff, Marshall's head coach, number two. I'm a big Charles Huff fan. This year did not go their way. This year was not a good year. All right. Um, it couldn't keep, you know, couldn't keep guys healthy. Right. Cam Fancher was hurt and Rasheen Ali was hurt. Uh, it did not go in the direction, especially defensively, trying to figure out what was going on defensively, even in wins. And early on in the season, they overcame some deficits and got the got wins later on. Come from behind. Uh, I'm still a Charles Huff fan. I still believe in them. I think they got the right guy for the job. I think he's a big fan of Huntington. I think he's a big fan of Marshall. And I think, you know, given a quarterback and now trying to find a running back, uh, I think uh, Charles Huff will be in good shape. They got to do better on the defensive side of the ball. There were some games a couple years ago that they – you know, came up short in, uh, and, uh, you know, I know they ran Cam Fancher off, right? Uh, not, well, Cam Fancher ran off, if you want to put it that way. Uh, ended up in FAU, by the way. He's down, I'm, we went to the Boca Bowl. That's a nice stadium, 45 nothing thrashing to Syracuse notwithstanding. Um, but uh, I, I'm a big fan of Charles Huff. I think he's the second best coach in the division. I know this year did not go their way. All right. And the number one coach in uh, the Sun Belt East, it may surprise some people in lovely Boone, North Carolina, but I think Sean Clark. I think Sean Clark uh, is a really good football coach. I think he had plans to begin the season, and I think he said six plays in, those change. Right? He had one quarterback, and that quarterback got hurt, and now we're going to Joey Aguilar, and Joey was ready to go. 
and he had an outstanding season for App State. Uh, big fan of what they did. They came up short in some losses, right? They had Carolina to overtime. Um, they should have beaten, as much as we said, um, let's see here, Coastal Carolina had a big win over App State. App State should have won that football game. All right, they they made a big play to win the game, and then the wide receiver fumbled trying to make a play. Uh, the only loss, maybe, and not to you know throw shade to ODU, maybe they want that ODU game back, but that's a big win for ODU. They're losing games by field goals. They get a goal line stand and kick, what, a 54-yard field goal to beat ULM. They overcame a lot. Uh, they really dominated the bowl game, although the score wouldn't appear that way because of all the turnovers and the rain. But that's a nice win for Sean Clark. Again, here is the problem in, that you have in the Sunbelt East, right? And we've talked about this throughout. Everybody expects to win. App State has. App State has a winning tradition. Marshall has a winning tradition. JMU has a winning tradition. And Georgia Southern has a winning tradition. Everybody can't win at the same time. That's the problem. It, it's just not feasible. Someone's going to lose out. And so when you expect championships all the time, that's kind of rough. All right. I thought App State had a good season, capped it off with a bowl victory. Uh, and, you know, you got Joy Aguilar um, coming back, right? He's the guy going in. That is one headache. And I think that is a huge headache that you don't have to worry about. He's our quarterback, right? So now, instead of installing the offense in the spring or having a competition in the spring or the fall, now we got Joy Aguilar. Now we can work on self-scouting, what we need to improve on, and what we can change up a little bit, all right? And then the fall is just filling in the pieces where, you know, through attrition, through the transfer portal and recruiting, uh, you know, who's going to fill in the spots. Uh, but I, I, it, it's, it's got to be a relief for a head coach knowing who the quarterback is. Now, maybe they got to find the backup quarterback, right? You can't, in this day and age, you can't play college football without having a good backup quarterback or two, because someone's going to tweak an ankle. Someone's going to get a concussion. You know, you just got to be ready, you know, to play every game. All right. Someone's got to be ready to back it up and go every game. So I think Sean Clark and App State um, are heading in the right direction. I think they had a better season than others. And I'm a big fan of Sean Clark. Uh, the blowout in the Sunbelt Championship game was basically one play. Uh, you know, it was the scoop and score. and uh, that turned the game around, and then they, they, then they, then they couldn't stop um, Mati on the ground when he had five touchdowns. Um, but that game was not nearly the blowout that the score would indicate. Second half got away from App State. It was a four-point game, and after the scoop and score, then it turned right. I mean, they actually held Troy to a field goal, twenty-one seventeen. And then I'm seeing my scores off, but they held him to four point. They held him to a field goal. Maybe it was 2017. They held him to a field goal and then they got the scoop and score. And then, then they're off to the races. All right. Uh, all right. Let's take a timeout. We'll, um, we'll preview Thursday's Sunbelt matchups in uh, basketball. All right. And of course, for Thursday's episode, we'll go over Wednesday's basketball uh, action. Also, after we do the coaches, why not rate the quarterbacks? Because basically we're rating, well, certainly the way too early episodes of, you know, ranking the teams. 
for predicting the teams is going to be based on the quarterbacks, of course. All right, let me tell you uh, about FanDuel. The NFL season has wrapped up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays. Find bets in the new Explore tab. Make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of uh, the NFL. All right, Dave Schultz, Locked On Sunbelt, your team every day. Let's see if we got the lines for tonight's ball games. We may actually have the lines for tomorrow's as well, although I'm not exactly sure about that. Let's see what we got here. All right, so tonight we do have... Uh, right, Marshall hosting Georgia Southern. Marshall off to a three and zero start after being five and eight pre-conference, and Georgia Southern two and one in the Sun Belt after starting out zero and twelve. Marshall an eleven and a half point favorite. May take Georgia Southern on that one. I may take Georgia Southern on that one. Uh, and then you have Troy, uh, which is a two and a half point favorite over the Cajuns. Probably take Troy in that one. That's not much of a spread, I presume, because Troy's playing. They play kind of good defense. Um, so I would I would look for Troy to, to win that ballgame. It's not going to take much, but I, that game is going to be closer. And I, I do think the Cajuns have a shot at that. All right. We do not have lines for the Thursday uh, ballgames, but let's see what we got. All right, JMU, 14-1, and one, coming off their uh, first loss of the season against uh, Southern Miss. They'll try to bounce back. Again, winning on the road is hard. All right. Uh, South Alabama heading to JMU. I don't know what to make out of South Alabama. Sometimes they look really good. They're coming from behind for 22 and then kind of lay an egg at home. They're eight and seven, one and two in the Sun Belt. I presume JMU is going to win this ball game. I don't know if they're going to cover because I'm going to presume it's going to be double digits. That's going to be a lot. All right. Georgia State is two and one. Uh, they're hosting Old Dominion and. You don't put too many must-wins on this, but this is a must-win for Georgia State. They're off to a really good start, right? By the way, if they win this ballgame, that matches their Sun Belt win total from last year. So right, they went 3-15 and 15 in the Sun Belt last year. They're 2-1. and one. You got to beat Old Dominion at home, all right? They're 0-3, 4-11 overall. You can't trip up at home if you are Georgia State. And let me quickly see who Georgia State has coming up. Because all of a sudden, Georgia State could start out 4-1. and one. Uh, They get Georgia Southern. All right. That's... Is that right? Hold on. I think it is. Because usually you do the Texas two-step, and that's not what Georgia Southern is doing. Um, Saturday, they're, uh, they're hosting Georgia Southern. So... Uh, I say the Texas, the Georgia's two-step. Anyways, so Georgia State's, I mean, Georgia State could very well start out the season four and one. You got to take advantage of these home games. And although Georgia Southern's played two out, has played well two out of three, you got to win out at home. All right. Coastal Carolina, who I actually was impressed with 
again, just wouldn't go away. Cajuns, I thought the Cajuns played well, just wouldn't go away. And Joe Charles was just too much. Coastal Carolina, four and ten. They're hosting App State. Uh, App had, I think they didn't they hang on for the big win against uh, South Alabama. Um, oh, they lost to Troy. They beat South Alabama and lost to Troy, so they're coming off a loss. App State is pretty good. They're eleven and four. I presume App State is going to win this basketball game. All right, you got UO Monroe hosting Southern Miss. Southern Miss has won two in a row after their loss to. Uh, Georgia Southern to begin Sunbelt play. Um, they're coming off the win against uh, James Madison. Really impressive. It was interesting. I don't want to take, I, don't, I hate constructive criticism when it comes to this stuff, but they did give Andre Curbelo uh, the Sunbelt player of the week. Now, he had the triple-double, and I don't know everybody who played. I guess I could go through it, but I'm not going to. He had the triple-double um, in um, in their win against uh, Georgia State. 13 points, 11 assists, 10 rebounds. All right. And, and then he had 15-9 and nine against JMU. The thing is... <laughs> I mean, against in, in Georgia State, I think he shot five of 21. He was five of 21. He is 10 for his last thir- or 36. That's volume shooting and not very effective. All right. Now, the stats again 13, 11, and 10 is impressive. All right. And 15 to nine is impressive. And, and you know, being part of that team that beat JMU is impressive. But, Shot selection or conversion needs to be considered, right? You can't be somewhere along the way, 36% or whatever it is from your point guard is going to come back to bite you, right? I mean, five of 21, a little bit over anxious, all right? Um, they're playing better with him in the lineup, that's for sure. But it, you need to convert a little bit more or be more selective, one or, one or the other. You can't, you can't be doing, you can't, or just put more in, <laughs> you know? Can't be shooting five for 21 or even five for 15. Now, he makes two more shots out of the five. You go seven for 15, and then you can deal with that, right? So it's not that far off. Five for 21 is not that great. But uh, but Andre Corbello is your um, Sunbelt Player of the Week, uh, leading Southern Miss to a couple of wins. And who do we say they're playing? They got to see if they can... Uh, Follow that up with uh, a win uh, against Monroe, who is struggling. Monroe struggling. They are 0 and 3 in the Sun Belt, 4 and 9 uh, overall. Now you have Texas State. Uh, so we'll wrap it up here. Uh, Texas State 0 and 3, 6 and 9 overall. They're going to go play Arkansas State. Now, here's the difference Arkansas State is 6 and 9 overall, but they're 2 and 1 in uh, the Sun Belt. They have that. Big blowout win against uh, Georgia Southern. Uh, and uh, they follow that up with a nice win against Old Dominion. And their one loss in the Sun Belt is a one-point loss to Georgia State. Not saying that they would have uh, won the ball game, but Caleb Fields missed the second free throw to tie the ball game up with seconds to play. All right, so that doesn't guarantee that they would have won, but 
that's that's their one loss is a one point loss when their point guard and perhaps best player missed the second free throw. So Arkansas State again, another one of those teams. Marshall doesn't have a great overall record. Georgia Southern obviously has an awful overall record, and I, I don't even think Troy's record is all that great. But these teams have really Marshall. These teams have really good starts to the Sun Belt play. Let me see Arkansas State. So they're at home quickly. So see who they get, right? So they're getting Texas State and then the Cajuns. And so that's going to be interesting. The Cajuns have their work cut out of them. They're going to Troy and they're going to Jonesboro. And the Cajuns could come back one and four in the Sun Belt. Ouch. Whereas could Arkansas State start out four and one? That's a good job. That's a good job of coaching. So we shall see. All right. Thanks so much for tuning in to Locked On Sunbelt. Uh, please comment. I'd love to hear you. We did. We got some comments on um, the Sunbelt West coaches. Someone corrected me. I'm not about sure about correcting, but they did add to the mix. I forgot that coach Mike Desimo actually won his first game, which was the New Orleans Bowl. So he's one and two in bowl games. Uh, although he did not get them to that bowl game, right? That was still Napier's conference champion. Uh, but nonetheless, I appreciate uh, people listening. Someone also commented that um, Butch Jones wasn't going anywhere, which may very well have been the case. But I don't know if you're bringing back Butch Jones if he's 2-10, and 10, right? So, and the blowouts continued. But he didn't. That's the, You don't have to worry about that because he turned things around going to Jalen Rayner. So that's, of course, making the adjustments. So we'll see if other coaches can do that. All right. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll be back again on Thursday. You've been watching Locked on Sunbelt, your team, every day.